welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, all kinds of places to look for us. Please like and subscribe on any of them or all of them. We also love interacting with our audience, so join us on all the social platforms such as LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and many more. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Uh, First, I want to start out with some interesting and very good news. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been in uh, conversation with my brother. uh, And for some of you who listen, you may be familiar with my brother. He's one of the smartest people I know. Um, I can read a book and pick up content and process it like nobody's business. And he had his dissertation accepted and approved. So he will be our first uh, PhD in the family, which is pretty awesome. He's an older brother. Um, I don't know that I ever plan to go after my PhD, uh, but uh, he's a smart guy. He did some smart stuff. And it was timely. His dissertation is, uh, I'm only like, you know, a little ways in maybe, I don't know. I'm still in the beginnings of it. I was reading it over cause he finally forwarded it to me. Um, but he's definitely on a hot topic. Uh, he is talking about, uh, the training that, uh, your first responders go through like, you know, the EMTs, the police and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, in light of what has been going on recently, I think it's pretty timely. Uh, hopefully that'll get released out there soon. And some of you all, matter of fact, uh, we've been in, in conversation. I hope to actually bring him on to the podcast at some point and talk about his dissertation and what it means, but I got to get through reading it first because, um, you know, there's stuff in there for me to learn and it will help me grow, but it will also help me be an informed podcast host, which would be fantastic. So now that that is done, uh, I want to talk to you about today's topic, I told you, I promised you that soon, and I didn't know it was going to be this soon, but the previous podcast that was released was on uh, demagoguery. And I said, I probably should go back and do a review on emotional regulation. So today I'm going to do a quick down and dirty, but I'm going to come at it. I'm going to come at it this way. Um, when we look at clinical work, and I'm going to go over some pretty detailed clinical work, not super complicated clinical work, but detailed, meaning important, uh, foundational. Uh, the, the, uh, it's important for me that I connect it to current social and cultural issues. So I want to point to three things, three Three, one, two, three. All right. Uh, For those of you who are watching on YouTube or Rumble, and I hope you're joining us on Rumble and YouTube because some of this is is super helpful to see. Uh, I will be attempting to put up my whiteboard again, and I'm getting a little more efficient, so hopefully I don't screw that up too much. Um, But I want to give you some cultural context. Uh, Right now, there is this big movement in elementary schools and high schools. It's called SEL. Well, SEL is getting outdated. SEL, if I'm not mistaken, came from Castle, which is SEL-like, right? It's got that Castle, C-A-S-E-L, Castle, S-E-L, uh, social emotional learning. 
Well, there's this, this popular movement about, hey, let's get ordinary people to move social emotional learning forward. Now, that in theory is a good concept to move social emotional learning forward conceptually. The problem is it's not a realm for teachers to be endeavoring down. Like the truth is if a teacher is a master of SEL in the elementary and high school levels, generally what that means is that they have taken, I don't know, 15 credits on SEL maybe. Um, the, the, the amount of education to gracefully teach SEL without making major mistakes. I'm not talking about little mistakes. I'm talking about major mistakes. Uh, look, I got a master's. I'm not doing this to tout myself. Those of you who know me, they, I, I got a master's in, in uh, clinical counseling. Like the whole idea was we studied psychology, sociology. We studied, we, we practiced under supervision for thousands of hours, literally. And then we were turned loose to do postgraduate supervision. Okay, put this into perspective. Put this into perspective. We're asking somebody who's got 15 credits on social emotional learning. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you, what? This is way, way out of line. Now, that's the cultural issue. Now, as it goes on, I want to explain where it goes. Social emotional learning in college becomes DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, I've done podcasts on these topics, but unfortunately, when these things are not done well, when we are not looking at the ethics, the ethics behind it, when we're talking about things like equity in DEI, we are failing. Why? Because equity is a legal term. It's a legal term. It should be in the legal system where DEI should be talking about justice in the sense of social science terms, which means fairness, not equality. And there's such a big difference there. So now that we've got some context around it and we understand that there are these major educational movements, I want you to understand the emotional regulation side of it a little bit. All right. This is basics, fun, fundamental, foundational pieces. All right. And from there, we can then begin, not have, but begin to have an educated conversation on things like SEL and DEI. Why? Because we know how to, one, regulate our own emotions, and two, uh, explain what emotions are and what they do. And then that could then translate into things like SEL and DEI. Uh, probably a couple years down the road. That being said, I want the general population to have some basic understanding of emotional regulation because SEL and DEI, they're not teaching it. They're not teaching basic 
emotional regulation. So what we're going to do here is cover a cultural gap, right? They, they, they got all these people talking about stuff, about social emotional learning, but they don't know the basics. And that's a major problem. All right. So we are going to go to the basics for those of you following along on, uh, uh, rumble or on, YouTube, I'm about to put it up right now, and you should be able to see it. I'm going to click on a couple of buttons here, and voila. Okay, so let me, you're going, oh my gosh, more chicken scratch from Jeremiah. I appreciate that. Um, okay, ignore the stuff on the one side because I am going to zoom you in. Zoom, zoom, zoom. I'm going to attempt to zoom you in, and voila. There we go. So let's start with basic emotional regulation 101. First, you're seeing this image in front of you if you're watching on Rumble. Uh, you're seeing this image of a line with some markers and it says 911. Because an emotion is an alarm system. It's a built-in human alarm system. Now, when your emotions percolate we become overwhelmed, all of us. I don't care who you are. If your emotions go unchecked, they will dominate your attention and you will become overwhelmed. Well, you're chucking down this track, a chuka chuka chuka. Uh, and here, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to doodle on here for a second. Cruising along this way, you get to this first marker. If you miss that marker. Think of it like you're going down a train track and that's the sign that says, oh, by the way, the train track ends in five miles. Okay. You're like, oh, I missed it. But what do they do? Ah, they put a second one in. And this one says, um, you realize the train track is going to end if you don't start to stop now. You will go over the cliff and you will die. All right. Now, emotions are not always that extreme, but... They can be. That's why things like suicide and homicide are real things. All right. So then what happens if you just keep chugging along? Boom. You go off the cliff. Goodbye person. Now, I'm not saying that to be insensitive. I'm saying it because emotion 101 is about understanding how to undo that stuff. So we go back to the beginning. And in the beginning where the emotional alarm is triggered right there. And we say, whoa, hold on. Let's slow down some. Okay. Let's slow down. There was a trigger in place, a signpost, a, a warning. And usually this is a physiological warning. We speak faster. Uh, our tone changes. We feel warm inside. Our heart starts to beat and race faster. Um, we may get sweaty palms. There's a physiological warning when emotions start to percolate. And if you are paying attention, you can figure out what your road signs are. All right. And so you slow down, slow down, slow down. You get to the next side and sign uh, and, and you go, Oh, I'm about to lose it. But then funny thing happens. You stop before it. Why? Because you're recognizing the early signs of emotions. That's a good thing. We want to recognize the early signs of emotions. So 
what do we do? Okay. Well, let's, let's actually dig a little bit deeper first. All right. I'm going to get those off of there. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to move us along and drive this. So you'll see here, we've got three cups. This is how I teach this. I teach this like, I mean, I, I don't elementary school this to everybody, but whatever. All right. So three cups. Each of those are labeled with an E because they hold emotions. Now you can put whatever label you want on that. You could put excited, you could put sad, you could put like whatever. You stick an emotion in the cup. Now above the cup, funny thing happens. The world around us loves to drip drops into our cups. And over time, the cup fills up and then it fills up more. And then it fills up to the top and so on. So when that last drop hits a full cup of water, what's going to happen? Any emotion, by the way, and this is a tough one for people to understand, but even happiness can overflow. Happiness is different than say something like love, which I'll get into, but happiness, if it overflows can turn real ugly, real fast. And I'll explain why that is here in just a minute, just like any other emotion. So we got to be careful with emotions. As that final drop that I just deleted um, goes into that cup and it pours out, where does it go? It goes down. It spills over. It makes a mess. So what's right below it? That is right. Anger is right below it. Anger is right below it and it is happy to catch all the different emotions. Now that's an important concept because different emotions pour into the anger bowl. It sits down below it. All right. Now that anger bowl over time, it gathers and it gets smelly and it gets gross. And as it fills up, which doesn't always take a long time for some people. You have, you have these little cups and you get a lot of external uh, 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 droplets and man, that anger cup can go up in a hurry. Some people have small anger bowls, so it doesn't take much to fill them up. But what happens is that anger bowl fills up and then we lose our junk. Why? Because we can't make sense of our own experience. That's a problem. We've got to be able to make sense of our experience. But once all of those emotions are mixed up and we're like, well, there's, there's some happy in here, but there's also sad. And there's, there's, what is this irritation? And, and then there's annoyance and like fill up the, the, the bowl with all kinds of different emotions. And now we can't even make sense of our own experience. And what do we do when that happens? A lot of times we get angry. Now, anger comes out in lots of different ways. Some people get angry at other people. Some people get angry at themselves. Those are very different outcomes. But it all starts with the alarm went off. You didn't pay attention. Instead of acknowledging that alarm, instead of asking yourself, am I safe? And dealing with the emotion, you let it all go. Anger filled up, and now you got a mess, all right? Now, there's another one on this screen that's different than all the rest. That is the love pitcher. Now, the love pitcher is kind of a cool one. And now, this is not just like, you know, I'm not talking about physical love, although 
Physical touch in a healthy way is good. We like appropriate, healthy physical contact. We like that because it's a form of love, as is words of affirmation. There are, you know, the love languages, we could get into all of that. But here's the reality of that love picture. When your picture is overflowing, you are more tolerant in all of your emotions. That's right. It cleans them out. Not completely always. But it does clean them out, including that anger bowl. It's like the cleaner. It goes in and it's like, oh, hey, look, there's some emotion in here. Let's, let's calm it down. There's some anger down there. Let's calm it down. And we become more tolerant when we're filled with love. So the question is, how do you get filled with love? Oh, I know the answer. You go out and you tell people, love me, love me, love me. No. That's backwards. I know it seems like it should be that way. And yes, you should tell people how you want to be loved. That's important. But what's more important is you go out and you give love. Because a funny thing about love, when you give it, you have a greater, greater possibility of receiving it. Here's why. Because the love door to your heart, to your experience, to your life, that love door, when you're giving it, it's open. And you can also, it opens the door next to it. For those of you who are watching, you just saw that. For those of you who are watching, it's more like this. When one opens, the other opens. And so you can now flow love in and out, out and in. But when that love cup or that love picture, that love door, as, I'm, as I was, that door is closed and I'm not giving it anymore, it automatically closes the other door. So you can't receive it either. So in order to open the door to receive love, you have to open the door and give love. It's just the way it works. I, I didn't create this stuff. But I dare you to try it. Give love and watch what happens. All of a sudden, your door, your openness to being loved will improve. That, my friends, is emotional regulation 101. That is the basics, the very basics. So when we were talking about demagoguery, to go back and help you understand, for those of you who didn't listen, go listen. But when we were talking about that, one of the things that we want to do is control our emotions so that somebody else doesn't manipulate us. Because see, I could pour into a particular cup of yours. I could be that pesky little fly and bug you and bug you and bug you until you get angry. And then once you're angry, I can go, ha, see, they're crazy. As a therapist, I wouldn't do that because that's not nice and that's not appropriate, but I could. I mean, I have the knowledge, the experience and the skills. I could do that, but if I did that, I would be following the model of demagoguery and that's not, that's not a good model. It's an elitist. It's like, oh, I can manipulate you, so I should. What? No, I can love you. So I should. That's the relational model.
I hope this was helpful for those of you who joined us on uh, uh, YouTube or Rumble. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. Please uh, subscribe to everything. Man, we got we to gotta get this word out there. We need people to know this stuff. It's good. It's healthy stuff. Just trying to help people because as my picture says, healthy perspectives. That's what we're doing here. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.